0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.
1: Today's guest is here to invite us to take an amazing journey that will re-energize story time for you and your whole family. Get ready to meet Anthony D'Ambrosio, a storytime revolutionary speaks. Hello, I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Anthony D'Ambrosio. We're going to be unpacking Storytime Revolutionary uh, and his thoughts on books and reading with our kids. We're going to have so much fun. Anthony D'Ambrosio is a storyteller who has spent the last five years studying how movements can be ignited by simple stories. He founded Catholic Creatives, the definitive community for Catholic entrepreneurs, artists, designers, and filmmakers. Through his company, Sherwood Fellows, he has participated in relaunching the brand of over a hundred organizations. In 2021, he launched Beekle and the Starstone, a playful retelling of the parable of the buried treasure. And I have where you can reach out to Anthony on Instagram and uh, email, and we'll have other links for you in the show notes. Welcome to the show, Anthony. It's great to meet you.
0: Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. Now, I just made all sorts of assumptions about you because of your hilarious video on your website, uh, (laughs) and and you told me some things about yourself. So introduce yourself to our audience and tell us about your connection to homeschooling.
0: Yeah, I'm Anthony D'Ambrosio. I grew up one of five kids. Uh, I have an identical twin brother. so. Uh, I I would say that I'm the oldest, but he beat me out by a minute, so <clears throat> I came out clutching his heel. Uh, but yeah, I uh, my I was homeschooled, and I loved being homeschooled. I really enjoyed the sort of wide open, imaginative uh, freedom that I was given through that. And uh, yeah, I I don't know what it is about it, but I've just found myself very um, attracted to other homeschoolers and. Uh, intersecting with other homeschoolers at other parts of my life. I, I was just sharing with you before um, that I started a company um, of creative uh, people who are helping to do rebrands and graphic design and film and things like that for the church and church organizations. And we um, I we were, I think it was two years in, we were all on a staff retreat and we were just uh, kind of all hanging out, uh, cutting loose, talking about our past. And we realized that all of us had been Homeschool—that that was one of the big tie-ins um, that brought about all of us together. And uh, I also got to help design a um, a entrepreneurship and design thinking course through the University of Catholic University of America. Uh, wow. that is being used by. It wasn't necessarily like, "Hey, this is for homeschoolers," but uh, behind the scenes, we were kind of like. This is for homeschoolers, you know. Um, wow. So, anyway, that's um, a big part of my heart. And I, I just love the, the homeschooling community a lot.
1: Okay. And I'm going to embarrass the heck out of you because Anthony is available. He's still discerning his <laughs> vocation. So, if you know anyone,
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I need all the help I can get.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> let's play humiliate the guest. <laughs> yeah. All right, now this hilarious video is about a book project, and it's so much more than just a book project. Step us into how you got started with Beekle and the Starstone.
0: Oh well, I I realized that um, while my team was working on a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff that we were working on, it was. We were wading into some of the big problems that the church was facing and uh, helping large organizations try to knock off the rust in a way of for their evangelistic chops. And it was very hard work. And in a lot of ways, it was um, sometimes soul crushing work. And so mm. we wanted to do something that was just like at the end of the day, we wanted to see parishes and dioceses, et cetera, um, become more uh, I don't know how you say this, just we wanted to see them serving families better in a lot of ways. That was like the heart of what we were doing. And uh, we wanted to just, hey, can we just leap over that whole kind of thing and do something for families ourselves that would just give us joy as we're doing it? And then also um, allow us to to engage in a way that that is meaningful Uh, with that community. And yeah, uh, that was kind of how it started. It was like this playtime that that we got to have to refresh ourselves as we were working on it. Um, The story was something that I had already written and uh, had already sort of been thinking on um, for a long time. It had been something that we read like as a family. It, It became part of like the family lore and every once in a while, somebody would be like, let's read Beagle together. And so um, we knew that it was working for adults, at least. And uh, we decided that we would actually try and and launch it for, for children, but to do so in a way that was really different than how other children's books uh, kind of approach the process. So
1: my brain is popcorning like crazy because you said a couple things that I think are really important. And that is you see a need in diocese, but instead of just sitting around and complaining, you start pioneering, you start exploring creatively. What is a way to serve this community? And it doesn't immediately become a thing or engage with a diocese. It's it's kind of something that has attracted its own kind of natural peripheral audience and get some affirmation, and then take us into um, where you go next with it. Like, what were the steps to you bringing it out and actually marketing, and who's involved, and what yeah. happened next?
0: Uh, yeah. So the pandemic basically was the the stimulant because before that we had um, our, our the company was growing, and all of us were doing everything that we possibly could to just kind of hold on to getting all the work done that we had in front of us. That was, you know, helping uh, people do big capital campaigns or to relaunch brands or to to um, relaunch ways that they were approaching their their community cultures. And so we everything slowed down a lot during the pandemic. And during that kind of time where there was a lot less like noise, um, I think we could see what we really wanted to do the most. Um, And that allowed for this opportunity to kind of double down on what we really felt like called to do. And so, um, yeah, I think my, I had this story uh, written and uh, I started to do like beta reads with different homeschool family communities and uh, just like invite them together. And we would all kind of act it out like it was a script um, and we would draw, pick, like draw things for the kids while they were there and things. Um, and it just was really, really fun. These, these sort of parties that, uh, end up, ended up making Beagle what it was and going through uh, a process of doing that. Like generally entrepreneurs, they do user studies in case, you know, inner empathy interviews and things like that. Um, I don't think authors generally do that. So that was already us sort of taking a different approach to, the, um, the process of publishing a book. And it led us to having way more, um, way more creative, I guess, ideas to add to the book, to make it more interactive, um, or to like, understand as you're reading it as a parent, how are these, you know, uh, how are each of these things going to be, uh, felt or perceived by the kids? What are they responding to? What are they not responding to? When are they getting bored? Um, and it allowed us to like, just, yeah, make it, really, really special and excellent.
1: Wow, you took it and gave it life, you brought it. Kind of off the page and into the family, which is really interesting to me. Obviously they're your target audience, but still the family is such a place, especially you and your team coming from homeschool backgrounds where you know you have that freedom and that creative kind of spontaneity. It makes me think many years ago, I met Oscar Lowenstein. This is all very long time ago, like over 40 years, the, who was at the time the director of the Royal Court Theatre in London. And when they were struggling with a new play, he would just get everybody up on their feet you know, they would just start walking it out and exploring creatively. And that's what it made me think of, like stepping into it, come bringing it to life and and making it making it a party. Mm -hmm. And then allowing yourself to receive all that kind of creative energy from the unique people in the room.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's exactly, exactly right.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. Now this became a Kickstarter campaign. So just tell us about that. Uh, And is the campaign still going on? And can people jump in with you?
0: Yeah. So the campaign is is done. Uh, We were fully, fully funded um, multiple times over, which is really great. But yeah. So once the the sort of creative pieces of the book were done, you know, the the illustrations, the editing was all complete. Um, We needed a significant amount of money just to buy the books to get them printed. And so that's what we were doing with the Kickstarter. And um, so, yeah, I put it out to the world. I made a, a video that was articulating um, what I felt like with, was the problem that we were trying to solve, which to speak to that for a second, I think that books, uh, there's a whole, you know, big, I guess, thing here that that I could get into. But I'll, I guess I'll just say that books are are being written right now to be read for younger children and um, families end up sort of losing the older kids in the story time even if they keep going so if you have more than one child uh, you you basically just do story time for the younger ones. And I think that that is a really huge missed opportunity. Um, personally, coming from a big family, it's like that time is the time when the whole family can be together and really enjoy a moment of intimacy and of respite. Um, my family would do night prayer together for a while when I was very mm-hmm. young uh, as a part of story time. And it was just a really beautiful thing, one of my fondest memories from my childhood. But as the older kids started to get older, uh, we just pieced out of that whole kind of ritual uh, because it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the, uh, we weren't interested in the books that my parents were reading to the younger kids. And I think that um, that basically is the problem that I was trying to solve. Like, how can we make a book that would be really interesting to the older kids and even to the adults, but that would be able to really reach in and grab the attention spans of the younger children as well. So that families who have large, like, you know, a large age spread between the youngest and the oldest can still maintain that like bedtime ritual with everybody in the same place.
1: Oh, I love it, and one of the things that I love so much about it is the way it is in the family framework. Again, but also that some of the greatest works of children's literature are are enjoyed by adults over and over again. Can't tell you how many times I've read Chronicles of Narnia or Anne of Green Gables for myself as an adult. Even before right. I had a baby, I was reading those books, and so and I had never read them as a child. I just didn't know about them, and so really good children's literature like you started with adults. Telling you this is good, let's read it again. Or people yeah, that were right. certainly beyond the kid range. So um we're gonna take a short break to hear from our sponsor. But when we come back, I'd like you to step us into what's the story? And I know that it's linked back to scripture, but how did you build out from it? What's the story? What can we expect from this book? Everybody, hold on for just a short time. We're gonna hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the
0: Homeschooling Saints podcast,
1: which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively.
0: We want to thank you for listening.
1: And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And
0: now back to our program.
1: All right, we're back with Anthony D'Ambrosio, and we're having so much fun. He has written Beagle and the Star Stone. And I want to hear now we've been talking about its origins and his background with homeschooling and testing it within families. So interesting. Um, tell us more about the book itself.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think the the reason why I really loved that parable, the parable of the buried treasure, is because you know, I grew up Catholic, I'm sure as many people here did. And we have a sort of a joke about like Catholic guilt, you know, it's, it's a (laughs) well-known factor that, that this is a part of our culture and that we, we, we tend to motivate a lot with that. Um, But uh, kids just, I think they are most motivated by, by mystery and excitement and uh, potential opportunities for joy. And, and even pranks. And so this story <laughs> that I think, um, that Jesus tells is like one of the most childlike and appealing to children kind of stories about what Christianity really is about, you know, it's like, Hey, you get to pull one over on the world. That's, that's the whole kind of like vibe of this story. You, a man finds a treasure in a field that doesn't belong to him, um, which already it's like a kid's interested in that like hey they found a treasure right exactly and so he just finds this treasure and then uh and he buries the treasure because he doesn't want to steal it he wants to be a moral upstanding human being but he buries it and hides it and then goes and sells everything that he has because he knows that what he's going to get if he gets this field is worth more than everything that he has and wow. that is the vision of sacrifice that i think um is it's the merriment of Christianity. It's this uh, way of being above the world and and participate in it. And I think that for me, when I really started to dig into that story and kind of let it sink into me, it really undid a lot of this sort of more guilt-oriented ways that I was thinking about, how do I be better, you know, and how can I sacrifice the most for the gospel? It was like, I am going, I'm getting a treasure. Like, that's what this, this whole walk is about. And so mm. uh, when I wrote it, I just wanted to to really pull out that joyful, um, playful kind of uh, that feeling that I was getting when I was reading it, and then to present the story in a an environment that that children just would take to and really love. Um, And there's no environment that's more enjoyable, I think, than a a secret island uh, that no one has discovered with talking animals. You know, so that's the that that's the beginning that's the inception point at least
1: oh boy i'm intrigued now i've i've looked at your website so i can see that the the illustrations are extremely lush. They're very beautiful, and there's definitely a comic uh, kind of uh, strength to them, um, yeah. but they're also just plain beautiful. And I think that's really important to a lot of us homeschoolers. Tell us also about some of the additional resources that help parents to create an atmosphere and to have story time in a way that's, uh, you know, that taps into that sense of mystery, excitement, and adventure.
0: Right, yeah. So that's I think whenever an actual a storyteller you know who's a proficient storyteller uh sits down to tell a story there's sort of an intro that they use to make sure that everyone is is their attention is there before they start you know things like that that are um almost like things that happen in plays where there's a narrator that comes out and, and uh kind of speaks to the audience so uh whenever I was thinking about the best story times or the best storytellers that I had is like, that needs to be a part of the book that needs to be written in so that um, what would be intuitive for some of the best people, but not intuitive for like somebody who's a tired mom at the end of the day, just trying to like get the kids to bed. Um, so they don't have to do any extra creativity to really think about like, how can they make this super special and engaging? And so each chapter has an intro that does that kind of work that's really interactive and that, you know, requires the kids to pay attention in a way by the way that it's written. So in the beginning, there's this uh, everybody raise your right hands and repeat after me. There's this like pledge of the Explorer, um, which I think is like really adorable. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. Uh, Other (laughs) parts that we think are really interesting um, on the back, there's a QR code that uh, parents can use to download um coloring book uh like coloring pages so that Mm. the younger ones can and more tactile ones can be drawing while they're listening um and also uh it can take you to a, a a spotify playlist of jungle sounds and jungle noises so that when you're reading you have this backdrop of of you know jungle noises that goes with the story uh, these small <laughs> details so just like light up the imaginations of kids and really make story time uh, especially like meaningful to them.
1: Yeah, I was looking at some of the little video testimonials of people who have you know read your book to their kids, and one of the moms was basically saying, you know, they're running around the house playing Beagle. <laughs> and and I feel like that can happen when a story is well told. It ignites yeah. their imagination and when they're listening to a story well told, they're in it. Mm. They're not just listening, they're living it in their heads and so naturally it becomes part of their play.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes. And it's that's definitely the greatest compliment that I can I can get is when kids are actually uh, like pretending to be the characters, or or their imaginations are kind of running off with the story themselves, and they're like adding new dimensions to it. Um, my little nephew, Shelly, he's two and a half years old, and he for some reason he's just obsessed with the book. He has his parents <laughs> read it to him every time, every every night um, during potty mm-hmm. training time. But he's given
1: <laughs> there's like
0: worms. There's a, just as a part of the I guess the the layout of the book there's buckets of worms or worms like kind of running away from the birds or whatever, crawling around uh, all the book. And he's given them all like names, you know, and every color has its own own, like worm and its own character. Uh, It's just like really funny things like that. So
1: I love it. I love it. It's so inventive and free. Um, I don't want to miss out everyone hearing too about your book club subscription. So would you mind just also telling us about that. Now, this is a whole other thing, but it's so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I did that, you know, launched Beacon in in 2021. And uh, since then, I've just been moving more and more in the direction of how can I make things specifically to help solve problems in families that, that moms and dads are really thinking about that are keeping them up at night right now. How can... I helped them to make the faith more playful and more enjoyable and more just uh, engaging for their kids. And one of the big, I guess, ideas that came out of some of the conversations that I was having with moms around Beagle, um, one of the things we did with that as a part of a Kickstarter was we launched a, an experience box that was like a kit uh, with the book in it, but that had discussion questions, and um, it had gummy worms in it that the parents could use to like make the story time more special, or like little, you know, things of you know, twinkle lights that they could put up, um, things like that that would just make story time even more uh, beautiful and profound. Uh, and that did really, really well. People were just really excited about that and loved it. And so um, during that time, as I was talking to them, uh, one of the things I was seeing is that parents are much, much more concerned now about finding and reviewing and curating the books that their kids are reading because there's so much ideological like indoctrination that is happening through children's literature and all the institutions that we're used to that have helped us in the past to curate good children's literature for our kids are no longer really safe places to go. And so, um, yeah, it just requires the hero moms who are willing to literally read every single book that their, their kids are, uh, interested in before they, re- you know, it's just a lot of work. Um, particularly if you have a lot of kids and <laughs> as most homeschooling kids are like voracious readers, um, so what we did was we put together a Catholic kids book club um, that, helped, that helps parents to have really rich conversations about faith with their kids uh, around bedtime through these stories that are highly curated. So they get uh, three to five books, hardcover books, every uh, quarter that are liturgically appropriate, seasonally appropriate with discussion questions and stickers and uh, like summaries of the books and why they were selected and how they can be used to have these good conversations. Um, that, yeah, uh, all of that, all of that together in one kit. And, uh, yeah, so that's launched in August. We sold out of our first box very, very quickly. And then we sold out of all the orders that we got of that. So, um, yeah, uh, there's a few more boxes left, I think right now, if somebody wants to, to check it out, but, uh, it's it's definitely flying off the shelf, because I think there's a big need there.
1: Mm, yeah, and that's called the Lion and Lamb Book Club. And I have the link to that on the on our show notes. Also, the ordering page for Beekle and the Starstone, and where you can find Anthony on Instagram, and even his email. Um, Anthony, what final thoughts would you like to leave us with as we're kind of in this space of the importance of books, the importance of story time, um, any place that the Holy Spirit is kind of drawing your attention as we wrap up?
0: Yeah, I guess I'll just say that I think story time is a time where parents get to play with their kids in a more like, there's, it's a structured way for you to play with your kids. And uh that the I guess the the sort of stories that you pick um all of that is is really important and I think that if you really want to like have a a long lasting intimate relationship with your kids you can you can mess up a lot during the day and uh and still have a good story time at night and it, it cover like lots and lots of uh I don't know um, <laughs> <flaws or> whatever, <laughs> the words of, of the day. Uh, so yeah, just don't neglect it. I mean, and keep looking for resources to make that time interactive because it's, a uh, one of the most like just precious rituals that, um, that lasts and impacts kids' lives for the rest of their lives. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Amen and amen. And for those of you who are not comfortable reading aloud, maybe some of your older kids would like to step in with that, or maybe just give yourself a chance to try something new. Listen to some jungle noises and get in the mood and know that your children are going to love it no matter how you do. They're just going to be so happy to be with you sharing a wonderful story. So Anthony, thanks a million. Uh, It's been great being with you. And uh, everybody, please check out our show notes for those resources and do enjoy story time and pray for Anthony's vocation. And thanks again, Anthony, it was great to meet you.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right, everybody, thanks for listening. God bless you and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.